Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the fun Friday episode of Rumor and Innuendo. It is me, House of Wrestling's Nick Hausman. And me, WWE Creative Issues, Robert Karpolis. And we are here for a fun Friday episode that is going to leave you in tickles and giggles and a little bit more informed. We are going to have a great time here today. we got lots to talk about. And of course, this show is brought to you by Ad-Free Shows Podcast Heat. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. You get to the comments section. Uh, later on here on in the show, we're going to be uh, talking about who this masked devil character could be that's laying people out. We know one name, apparently, that's been ruled out. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, we got Warner Brothers Discovery. They are uh, they just brought a new pro wrestling product onto the Discovery Channel. We'll get into that. Uh, Cody Rhodes, he's got his Madison Square Garden match coming up. He had some big reveals about that. And, of course, there's this really cool story about New Japan Pro Wrestling forming uh, what they're calling the group uh, over in Japan with these other promotions. Very excited to talk about that. We got SmackDown. We got Ring of Honor. Maybe we'll have time for Billy Corgan's CW. Um, but, of course, yes, the comments are open. We got a lot to discuss. If you want to ask a question, jump on in there and uh, let us know what you're thinking. Now, before we get into everything I just talked about, Robert, we got a lot of attention yesterday talking about what's been going on with the Warner Brothers Discovery, WWE, AEW, uh, you know, situation. You uh, caught wind of a comment from somebody uh, at another outlet. Uh, I'll let you give it away here. And we'll start this off as a jumping point because I've been getting a lot of feedback, of course, about this story. And, and I'd like to at least touch on it before we get into everything else. Absolutely. It's it's definitely percolating across the board. And Mr. 8,000 Seats himself, Dave Meltzer, uh, has said that the Warner Discovery negotiations with WWE were seemingly quiet, cooled off, dead until CM Punk has supposedly reopened those doors. And he is what has been facilitating these new conversations, uh, these flirtations between Warner Discovery and the WWE. So this goes to a comment we talked about the other day that David Zaslov has thought highly of CM Punk. And there are some that felt that Punk's involvement in WWE was motivating this. It sounds that it's less punk motivating these conversations and more actively facilitating them. The, the The story here is really fascinating just because when you have this this CM Punk narrative that was going on uh, where punk was this 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 cancer, this problem on uh, I'm gonna fix the, uh, the I don't know why I'm now split screen as one person. Gotta love modern technology here. But as I was saying, the idea that CM Punk was this 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 oh, locker room blight, oh. this cancer when it came to AEW. Nick, you're back. Welcome back. Nice to see I'm you. I'm sorry, we have so uh, many viewers here today. It literally my computer just shut down. I have no idea why, but I'm back. It's I apologize fine. to everybody. It happens. Anyway, what I was saying was the, the idea that Punk was this problem child in AEW, and now everything that happens with him in WWE has turned to gold. His merchandise sales are, are through the roof. He seems to be a good model citizen and now may be opening the door for TV rights negotiations. I find it funny because, again, the, the, the narrative, the story, the hoopla around Punk was, boy, this guy's a problem. We got to get this guy out of here. And it's very much, as a Simpsons guy, it's like the monkey's paw. All of a sudden, it's in the right hands, and this thing is just raining gold from the sky. You know, I, I will say this, that from Punk's camp right i've been hearing you know i've just been hearing a lot about how much warner brothers discovery david zasloff really love him and see him as a factor now 
it's really strong that message that's been seen uh, being put out right now right um i i i you know, I don't know how much of this hype I want to get into. You know, it's a lot of rumor and innuendo. I've heard people say that Punk was the person that reopened up these conversations, that he brought Warner Brothers to the table, right, to, to WWE, um, that, you know, he was very influential in all of this. But I haven't had that confirmed to me directly by anybody. It is, again, a lot of rumor and innuendo right now. But, you know, if Punk does turn out to be, you know, this factor... Yeah, look, I had people in WWE telling me when this story was breaking out, there's no way CM Punk has this kind of clout with Warner Brothers Discovery, where if he walks, they're just going to walk away. And again, I don't know that they would walk away from AEW. I don't know that it's that serious because, again, I think there's still some some kind of investment, whether an actual or just because of how much time and energy they've put into AEW. I think there is some investment there, but... Certainly, Punk looks to have opened a door, man, and uh, or, or in some way helped open that door, I should say. The true forbidden door opened by CM Punk, bringing Warner Discovery and WWE back together. Um, no, I don't think it's enough for Warner Discovery to jump ship and say we're done with AEW, but you're going to hear somebody out and they're going to hear you out. And I just think it's really interesting that at the center of this very well might be uh businessman phil brooks well and here i want to jump in and say something else too because there is something that i have on for today's run sheet that probably is worth talking about right now warner yesterday uh confirmed to variety that they are launching a new show on discovery it launches january 9th it's called big little brawlers uh it follows the micro wrestling federation in portridge tennessee which is home uh i think i got that city name right i don't have it verbatim in my head but it's the home of dollywood and uh, base, and I watched the trailer for it. Highly recommend you go watch the trailer for Big Little Brawlers. I'm in the hook. I will be watching this show. Um, Wait, I, I assume this was about Adam Cole. Uh, hey, zing a zing zing. No, it is about the Micro Wrestling Federation. Um, and it is interesting to me because yesterday in my report about everything I've heard and have you know confirmed or not confirmed about what's going on with this story, I said that one of the potential landing places for AEW if WWE does come in and take TNT or TBS with Raw, would be Discovery, right? Now, mm -hmm. it just seems interesting to me at the exact same time I'm hearing Warner might move AEW to Discovery, they have this pro wrestling product that is also going to be going to Discovery. And for, for those that don't remember, and I'm going to feel really old, um, when TNA was uh, really going... Over on Spike TV, the Half Pint Brawlers also had their own show over on Spike. And there was like, uh, you know, it, it's the kind of content where if an AEW is your lead-in, you can run a Big Little Brawlers right after, right? Or as, as a lead-in to an AEW. And nobody's really talking about this right now. I feel like I'm the only one that saw this and gave a shit. But it, it just seemed like something to me that if you're Zasloff, Warner, it, and pro wrestling just pro wrestling to you, you're like, well, we've already got this pro wrestling thing over on Discovery. Maybe these guys could help that. Am I crazy for, for thinking like that, Robert? Not at all. That, that was the very first thought I saw when you when you shared the story with me about Discovery all of a sudden now having a, a docuseries, a TV show about wrestling. And you're doing that to prime your audience, to signal to them, 
hey, we are a, a network, a destination that is going to embrace and welcome wrestling content. Mm-hmm. And documentaries right now, very, very hot property across the board. Makes sense why Discovery would want it. You have Netflix and that massively successive, success, successful uh, wrestlers documentary, which to that end, next Friday, live on Rumor and Innuendo, we're going to have Matt Jones talking about uh, the wrestlers documentary as well as the future of OBW. A lot of exciting stuff there. Cheap plug now. We'll get to it again later. But if you're Discovery, you're dipping your toe into the wrestling world now. It makes it a lot easier if this draws an audience to say, hey, we've got wrestling fans watching Discovery. Let's bring over an AEW, whether it's all their shows or one of their shows, maybe even Ring of Honor. Who the hell knows? Well, and here's the thing is, again, you know, I, I do believe that the AEW content streaming wise is headed for Max. Now, I could be horribly wrong, but the, the signals I've been giving is, is that that seems to be in motion. Um, so I wonder what the TV rights, like if Tony doesn't like, let's say hypothetically doesn't like the discovery deal and goes back to market, you know, will he find more at another network that's not under the Warner umbrella or will he have less negotiating power and have to settle for a TV rights deal with discovery? These are the kinds of questions I'm going to be asking at the top of the year as all this starts to go into motion. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the Tony TV rights deal, which as of a couple months ago, was a non-story. It assumed that they were pretty well anchored as part of Warner Discovery and Dynamite and Rampage and Collision was going to be part of TBS and TNT for a long time going forward. Now, at the end of the year, a lot of this upheaval going on in AEW, the talk of where are they going to be airing in a year's time is re- has really got to be jarring for those folks backstage. Uh, I'll jump in here with a comment from YouTube. Ken Hanley. Thanks for tuning in, Ken. Ken says, Nick Robert, anytime media rights are discussed in the dirt sheets, Amazon is often discussed as a potential destination and almost always second place. Is there a reason? And I think he means DAZN uh, is always coming up short. Well, DAZN is... I think he meant Amazon when he said ASEAN. Oh, ASEAN? Oh, okay. Sorry. Too many ASEANs in the, in the marketplace. Is there a reason Amazon always comes up short? You know, the streaming services... I guess until we see it, until we see a major wrestling product wind up on a streaming platform as like the home of a wrestling company, then we'll start to think. Until then, I just don't. It's going to be whoever wants to make that dip first. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if Raw wound up on like a Hulu or an Amazon or a or you know a Netflix, but I I don't know. Uh, it, it, traditional cable still seems to be winning out for the moment. I'd be shocked if they wound up on Amazon or any platform because you still need to reach the widest audience possible. And cable television with all of its good, bad or indifferent or network television is the most widely accessible for a company that has a global reach and is selling tickets when they come to your town. When you go solely to a streamer, when you're only on Amazon, your audience is only everyone who has prime, not everybody across the board. You want to catch Everybody in as many places as you can. It's why WWE was so successful in their expansion when other entities failed. I would see a smaller company, perhaps a a, a TNA or one of those other entities, finding a niche on a streaming platform where people are going to go and catch them on a weekly basis. But if you want to be a major global company, you have to be on cable. 
Uh, Eric Busco here. We'll do one more question. We'll move on to our actual run shoot as we approach the halfway mark for our show. Uh, is this WWE using the talks with Warner Brothers Discovery for leverage and negotiations with NBC Universal to get a better deal? WWE is the only thing keeping Peacock afloat, and I can't see them losing that content. Well, the streaming rights for WWE, if I'm not mistaken, still have a couple more years. So that that's not really a negotiation right now. I will say, and I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday in the throws of everything, but I uh, I had somebody insinuate to me, and again, just guess, just rumor and innuendo, maybe Warner floated these uh, these uh, alleged WWE negotiations out there as a way to get Tony Khan to make a deal with them. Because if Tony now sees Warner is talking to WWE and Tony's been sitting here saying, well, I'm not going to make a deal right now. I'm going to go talk to everybody else. I'm going to bundle Ring of Honor and AEW together. I'm going to get a great deal. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, while you're talking about that, we're going to go have our own talks over here with WWE. And now Tony's in a position of, oh, man, am I losing leverage right now in my Warner conversation? And do I need to make this deal now or lose or risk losing it to WWE? And I thought that was a very... Uh, interesting theory, very interesting way to look at this whole situation. A lot of conspiracy theories anytime you're dealing with TV rights deals, a lot of different angles. Everything about this Warner Discovery story benefits Warner Discovery, whether it is to put them in a better negotiating position with AEW or a chance for them to bring WWE into the fold. It's it's definitely interesting. And to your point, Peacock not losing WWE anytime soon no. for the, the streaming rights, which are extremely complicated because not only is it Peacock, it's also Hulu. So them having Max to stream AEW content and then live WWE programming, if if you're Warner Discovery, that is very appealing. Yeah, I think so too. It, it is. You kind of, kind of, you got to do a little bit of beautiful mind thinkery here to kind of see all the pieces and put them together. But it is, you know, the more I think about it, the more I look at it. Very appealing for Warner. Um, well, Warner does currently, of course, have AAW, and we're going to talk about Robert's favorite angle in all of professional wrestling now. Who is the masked devil or devils attacking MJF? Of course, on Dynamite on Wednesday, the show went off the air. The devil's back. He's looking a little thicker these days. He's got his he's got his minions. They they get on Adam Page. They pick him up. They toss him into the windshield, just like what happened at All In. And that's how we went off the air. Now, because of this windshield spot, you know, a lot of people thought back to All In and Jack Perry and thought maybe Jack Perry is a part of this AEW Devils. Well, apparently a higher up source reached out to Sean Rassap at Fightful after AEW Dynamite went off the air or sometime yesterday and said that it is not Jack Perry who is the masked AEW devil or devils. Does this change how you feel about this story or think about what we're being given here right now with the masked devils? So to be clear, Sean Rossab has spoken to the devil and the devil has confirmed who it is. That is huge news. Either that or somebody heard our report or our, our rumor and innuendo, and they wanted to put a stop to the thought that it's Jack Perry, which is a very odd thing for them to come out for because there's no reason to comment on this. You want there to be as much speculation as possible. The only speculation you don't want is for people to think that it's someone that is not in the company who's not coming in. So all the punk rumors and before he showed up on Raw thinking, oh, CM Punk is the devil. 
I could potentially see AEW wanting to put a stop to that. But this is a contracted wrestler who, from a storyline perspective, makes sense as returning as the devil. And you're actively saying, no, 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 it's not him because they are trying so hard to control who this reveal is and not make it, you know, a, a popcorn fart to steal a, a Bruce Pritchardism. Yeah. And I feel like it's getting more and more like they're a little worried when they reveal who this is that we're not going to be thrilled about it. Well, there's definitely a theme of broken glass here, right? Like we saw the acclaimed, they got thrown through a pane of glass. We saw Max, he got hit with this glass bottle from behind, allegedly, right? They find him in the parking lot. Now we see this spot where he's getting, they're slamming uh, Adam Page into the glass on top of the door. So I can see why people would start to think maybe this is Jack Perry. But when you think of broken glass, are the, is this a tease, right? Is this a well thought out thing where the broken glass is like part of the bigger mystery, the, the, the white lotus of what is the AEW Devils? When I think broken glass, I think Steve Austin. So you heard it here first. Nick Hausman confirming that Stone Cold Steve Austin is the devil. Yes, it felt like they were leaning towards this was going to be Jack Perry. Right. With the with the glass spot. Up until this point, the only logical storyline was that this is Max. But because everyone on camera keeps saying all the reasons why this is really stupid and it's obviously Max, if it ultimately winds up being Max everyone's going to look stupid. Yeah, man. Well, I've seen people because I saw this one tweet and I wish I could properly cite who tweeted it. Cause I like to give people credit for their ideas, but they did a side by side of the, the, the devil from like a couple weeks ago when Jay white got attacked and they did a devil from Wednesday night. And they're definitely physically different. And it kind of looked like the masks were different. So what if it's MJF and Adam Cole, both who have been behind this whole thing with their undisputed kingdom, that whole deal. Uh, I, I thought another compelling theory, a little bit of rumor in any window out there. Did, did Tony Khan just watch the movie scream and it decided was, they, there should be two people under the mask spoiler yes. for 1996's scream. But <laughs> it, it reminds me of being on, it reminds me of being on creative. And I remember when I was there, Vince McMahon for the first time ever just saw Tommy boy and it was fresh in his mind. So, there was even a we had a Batista Eddie Guerrero segment where they, you know, brothers don't shake hands, brothers got a hug. Uh, maybe someone just maybe Tony Khan just saw Scream for the first time. Shad let him watch a rated R movie, and this is what we got. So, wait, you you bore witness to Vince McMahon's reaction to, to the film Tommy Boy? I wasn't with him when he when he watched. Oh, oh, yeah, we heard that he watched it and then it it came up in conversation. So, and he's not a guy who consumes a lot of popular culture. I don't know that Tony Khan has time to watch a movie. The man is writing 15 television shows, running a professional soccer team and a professional football team. The dude needs a nap more than anything else. So we can confirm that, that Jack Perry is not the devil unless he actually is the devil. And it's a swerve, bro. Well, we know that he's smoking weed because... Big Swole told us that he smokes her weed, and I thought that was a wonderful little anecdote that we found out from Big Swole that one time. Um, anyway, uh, also from the world of AEW right now, uh, an interesting figure popped up backstage, posted a lot of photos with Tony Khan uh, and several others from the company. Zilla Fatu, who worked with uh, R Reality of Wrestling, Booker T's promotion earlier this year, 
he was there. Um, of course, he is the son of Umaga, who is first cousins to Roman Reigns. So I believe he is a cousin twice removed, once removed, something like that. But anyway, uh, definitely has the pedigree. And Tony Khan seemed very happy to see him, Robert. I'm sure he is. You you want to have that feeling of people want to be here. People that are in the bloodline who clearly have a major presence on the other channel. Why would I not want to highlight the fact that one of them is is here? One of the members of the bloodline is here or a member of the, the larger Anawa'i Fatu family. Obviously, the legacy of Umaga. You see him backstage, you go, oh, I would have assumed he would have gone to NXT or he would have gone to WWE, but there he is in AEW. Boy, we got the hot hand. I think it's also interesting him leaving Booker T's promotion and Booker being so dialed in on what's going on in NXT. Maybe there's just a little bit of a personality clash going on there. Yeah. Um, well, uh, over in WWE land, we got an update here from Cody Rhodes about the Madison Square Garden show. He was talking to the ESPN radio outlet in New York City, and he let everybody know that on December 26th, the day after Christmas, and the most legendary venue for all of professional wrestling, he's going to take on Shinsuke Nakamura in a bull rope match. And I like that he noted that the bull rope he's going to be using for this match, I did not know this, but I guess him, Dustin, and Dusty have been using the same bull rope for all of their matches for like decades. And I just thought that was like a really cool thing that adds a little bit more specialness to this match in Madison Square Garden. And I thought it was a cool announcement. I like it. I like that they want to make that the Madison Square Garden house show is always something that they focus on and, and put a, a premium on. I believe that's the same show where Punk is having his first match against Dominic Mysterio. Yeah, you know, if this was back in the WWE Network days, I would be clamoring for them to live stream this thing. You know, it's it's one of those shows between Punk's return match and you're getting the Cody bull rope match. Feels like there's going to be some specialness here. This is also sometimes where they start to tease uh, Royal Rumble and uh, Mania uh, feuds. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think... Did, did Brock destroy Roman at the Madison Square Garden show a couple years ago, I think, to kind of... Or did Roman destroy Brock? I forget to put a pin on their feet. It sounds vaguely familiar, but this could be a Mandela effect situation where we're both just misremembering the same thing. Okay. I think the bull rope... like Bringing the bull rope gimmick in is is great. The, the familial legacy of it. I doubt it's going to be the last Cody bull rope match we're going to see in WWE, but... What a what a year for him, nostalgia-wise, getting to do the War Games match and the Bull Rope match. Knowing how, how much the industry means to him and how much his father meant to him, that's that's pretty fantastic. All right. Uh, now, I like this, this next story here. Um, it comes from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, I won't read the whole press release, but uh, I encourage you to go. We got over on HouseOfWrestling.com. Ennis McVeigh did a great job writing it up this morning. Basically, New Japan has announced they're forming or them and eight other major Japanese promotions are forming what they're calling the group. And the group is going to be sharing information there was they, they make it clear, you know, we're all still trying to compete in the marketplace. But this will be a place for them to share information for best practices and how they all feel they can work together to grow pro wrestling as a whole in Japan. And I guess this really stemmed from what happened during the pandemic when the regulations were very, very stiff in Japan 
and all of these promotions in order to just make sure pro wrestling existed on the other side of the pandemic had to be like, hey, here's things we're doing to make this safer and allow us to keep doing pro wrestling. Here's ways that we're doing other things. And this kind of communication, I guess they want to continue uh, beyond just the pandemic. And it's it's New Japan. It's all Japan. It's DDT. Six other promotions. Um, it just sounds really good. <laughs> and I wish that we could do this in the States. I just don't know that that's a tenable idea. It's a really smart idea for them to do that in Japan because the regulations that were put in place for COVID for them were a lot more stringent than it was here. If you watched any of those New Japan shows where it was a silent audience who wasn't allowed to clap or cheer, them all being able to work together, have unified policies for, for safety, unified communication to the government, it's only going to improve for, for Japanese wrestling. I don't think you necessarily need that here, given how strong and influential WWE is on a political sense. And I would imagine AEW has similar inroads across the board. Perhaps on an indie level, you would want to see something like that exist here. But it's the old wrestling adage. You put them all in the same room. They're not going to be able to agree on lunch, let alone anything else. So is there anybody that's not part of that Japanese? I didn't see the entire list. Was there any major promotion that was not part of that group. It sounds no. like all the big ones are, are there. That's great. Yeah, no, there was there. It was not only all of the big ones because you got Stardom here, Dragon Gate, Big Japan, DDT, Noah, All Japan, uh, New Japan, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, and um, Ganbari, which is the uh, the only one I had not heard of that's on the list. I think that's awesome. Uh, hopefully it benefits all these people and we get some positive steps forward but it's wrestling and it's promotions working together so i could also see this completely imploding um all right before we uh, wrap up the show here today there is some pro wrestling on the horizon we wanted to make sure to tee up here for y'all going into the weekend uh, of course we'll be back on monday but tonight is smackdown and on smackdown roman reigns is going to be returning to handle tribal business we also have kevin owens taking on austin theory with a broken hand and Carmelo Hayes is going to battle Grayson Waller in an opening round of the U.S. Championship uh, Tournament. Um, what are you most excited about going into tonight's show, Robert? Look, Roman's back, and we are about a month and change away from the Royal Rumble. And with CM Punk firmly on Raw, this is the time for the Randy Orton-Roman Reigns storyline to take front and center on SmackDown. He hasn't, Roman hasn't been there for a while. Anytime he's on, it's newsworthy. And yeah, you've got a month and a half to build this Randy Orton storyline. I don't think anybody thinks Orton's going to beat Roman Reigns. It's going to be entertaining as hell for the next six weeks. I'm also excited to see Carmelo Hayes on SmackDown. I'm a big fan of that guy. I think he's got a lot of upside. And this U.S. title tournament just showing a lot of really strong young talent on Friday nights. Yeah, and I'm also a big Carmelo Hayes fan. I do like the storyline that they had coming out of Tuesday night where he was also attacked, right? And the kind of insinuation, maybe it was Trick Williams, maybe Lexus King is still doing whatever. Uh, it does seem like they spun Lexus off, but he's Definitely walking. was not Jack Perry. Definitely was not Jack Perry. Wouldn't that be wonderful, though? Um, it, it, it seems to me they did this. They're setting him up to go into the tournament injured, right? Uh, giving maybe Grayson Waller something to focus on, give him a reason to pick up the win here. 
over Carmelo Hayes? Because realistically, you can have Carmelo Hayes win this thing and then lose to Logan Paul. I don't know. I I, I kind of like that they're teeing this up as maybe some kind of storyline advancement for something going on on NXT, right? I could be wrong. Carmelo Hayes could pick up the win over here, Grayson Waller, but they're sending him into this match injured. And I think that there could be a good way to have him lose this match and draw intrigue and maybe more eyeballs to Tuesday night's NXT based off of some kind of angle they run during this, this opening round bout. Love that. And I also love the fact that I don't have to do math in order to pay attention to the tournament. So I, I like that. And most likely the, we know that the tournament's going to come down. It's going to be Kevin Owens against Logan Paul at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that really makes the most sense. I also like Kevin not being in the Rumble because if he's in it and he gets eliminated, he just feels like a guy. If he has his own standalone story going into the Royal Rumble, you can focus on the guys who may be potential winners without realizing, boy, Kevin Owens has really gotten pushed to the side in storytelling on SmackDown. Uh, lastly here, uh, going into the weekend, Ring of Honor final battle taking place tonight. I will have live coverage of this and SmackDown going on on the site tonight, houseofwrestling.com. Go check it out. But we got Keith Lee, Shane Taylor, and I quit match between Ethan Page and Tony Nese. Uh, a Jay Briscoe Memorial fight without honor. Uh, FTR teaming with Mark Briscoe to take on the Blackpool Combat Club. A survival of the fittest finals for the vacant ROH World Television Championship Dalton Castle versus Commander versus Kyle Fletcher versus Lee Johnson versus Lee Moriarty. And lastly here, Athena defending her ROH Women's Championship against Billy Starks. Only five matches. Really not a lot of stuff here that I'm not going to enjoy. I I mean, I kind of like the card. But again, it's just so much pro wrestling right now. I wonder what kind of eyeballs this show is going to draw tonight, especially up, up against SmackDown, which we just went over has some pretty big stuff going on tonight. I think that's the biggest problem they have is you're running a pay-per-view that doesn't have a lot of promotion on main on their, on your main TV. If you're just watching dynamite, the only knowledge you have of this ring of honor pay-per-view essentially was that Blackpool combat club promo that happened on Wednesday. A lot of this other stuff, Keith Lee for most of the audience has fallen off the face of the earth. Didn't know that he was there. I imagine that match is going to be great. I haven't known where Ethan page has been for a long time. And I'm a big fan of Ethan page and what he does. So it's tough that you have to seek these things out. And then you're asking an audience to pay for a pay-per-view the same night that they're watching SmackDown live. I get it. If it's for the most hardcore of hardcore fans, but you're really doing a disservice to a brand that should be making a lot of money for you. Yeah. And I hope Ethan page looks uh, really strong here tonight and comes out. The guy's done nothing but all the right things. He looks great. He's a great talker. He's a great worker. I hope they get behind him. And I hope for what it's worth, Dalton Castle picks up the ROH television championship because there are so few people left where I see them and I think Ring of Honor. And Dalton Castle is still one of those guys. And I just think that him with the TV title at least kind of feels right to me in this moment. It does. And they need to do a lot of work to rehab that title after Joe just kind of threw it on the ground. And just said, yeah, I'm done with this thing. I'm going to go focus on a, on a grown-up championship now. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we go, before we wrap it up, I want to read. It is Fun Friday. One of our wonderful Apple iTunes reviews. You guys have been wonderful. Uh, we continue to get five-star ratings. We continue to get comments. And if you want to support the show, that is a wonderful way to do it. Uh, today's Apple iTunes review comes from Powder Kegger. I love the name. He titles his review, Exactly What I Wanted. 
Wrestling news moves fast these days with weekly shows. Sometimes an episode that comes out on Friday is already irrelevant by Saturday. But with these daily quick chats about wrestling, we can stay more up to date and topical. Always liked Robert on Russell Rose and Nick seems to have the inside track on what's going on in the insane world of pretend fights. Well, I'm glad you love Robert and seem to think I know what I'm talking about. I think that's 90% of our audience. So thank you very much for bringing the truth forward, everybody. That's great. <laughs> and truthfully, I'll take, man, it. I'll take it too. Hey, and truthfully, guys, we saw a huge increase in viewership today. I know yesterday was a big episode for us. Um, we are going to continue to stay on top of the big news in pro wrestling. I am on calls all day long. This is all I do. And I really sincerely appreciate all the support that you've given us today. And I've given us in the entirety of the 15 episodes we've already produced here with ad-free shows and podcast heat. If you want to support me, I'm at Nick underscore Hausman. You can, of course, go to houseofwrestling.com, uh, find all our news coverage there, and, and much, much more. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Creative underscore ISH. My other podcast, Wrestle Roast, as part of the ad-free shows network, is available wherever you get podcasts. So on behalf of Mr. Fun Friday himself, Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpolis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.